and welcome back to our podcast. I'm Chris. We're back in the room. We're back in the room. Back in back the room. Back in the room. Back in the room. That's got to have to be our intro slogan from now on. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Okay. Let's redo that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. We're back in the room. I'm Chris, joined by my brothers, Adam and Eric. Hello. And we're here to give our take on our favorite games from the last decade, continuing our discussion from the last two episodes. Uh, so this episode, we're going to be looking at our favorite games from the year 2012. Or more often called 2012. Didn't. Oh, yeah. Actually, the world didn't end. The, the world, world didn't end. Didn't end. Yeah, it it like instead brought us some tasty, tasty video game software. <laughs> you fucking nerd. Um, no, the world did not end. It, no. it went on. That was, that was, that was good. Good but year. I think every year something comes up with some reason why the world's going to end. I mean, or maybe, it, maybe it did. Maybe it did. Are we in Sovngarde? <laughs> After Skyrim, yeah, <laughs> class. Do you know what? Let's talk about Skyrim again. We still played that in 2012, so yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. Oh, I think I played. I'm still playing it. I'm playing. I'm playing two versions of it at the moment. Well, I'm actually playing it right now. Uh, actually, on my laptop. I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I brought I'm, my Switch. I didn't say. <laughs> I'm not really paying attention to the to the podcast. I'm actually just playing Skyrim. Yeah. That's okay. So yeah, that's fair. I'm only joking. I'm not. Um, I think this time, like, my aim in Skyrim this time is. To be able to actually build Man, a house. I was fucking joking about it. let's talk about Skyrim. No, 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 we're on Skyrim now, right? <laughs> my, like, I, games are always an escapism for me. And yeah. like I want to be able to do the thing I can't do in reality. So I'm hoping that in this game I can build a house. Which supposedly would be easier than it is in reality. But at the moment I still haven't managed to attempt it. So. You never built a house in Skyrim? No, did you? Yeah. I never built a house in Skyrim. I'm fucking building houses in class. How do you do it? I've adopted a child, but I don't have anywhere to put her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really your fault. The social worker should never sign those papers. <laughs> they should never let you adopt that child. That's terrible. I don't think she had a say in it. <laughs> <laughs> I've adopted this child. Okay. Do you know what? I, someone made a video about it recently. But the... Um, like making NPCs buy stuff that they don't need or want to buy because <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's an option in the game you can like yeah. sell stuff to anyone but like it could be somebody who just sells fruit goods please sir like I need to feed my family will you buy some fruit yeah. and then you sell to them pieces of armor for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like thousands and they're like oh I'm broke now like I went to an inn you just force like, your stuff on them obviously at the inn you could like I don't know buy food and then uh, a place to stay but I just sell them a bunch of old books I would have raided in a fucking yeah, yeah. tomb nearby <laughs> um, it's like you know where to put these books I suppose with, where like Skyrim came out towards the end of 2011 so in 2012 we were all still playing it really for yeah. quite, quite a long I'm time I'm not joking I'm still playing it yeah no I know I know no, we still I was are playing but on our one. first playthrough we were probably still playing it like there was you know yeah. there was lots to still do um, but there were some other games that came yeah. out yeah, I suppose, well, I suppose. Have, yeah. uh, so uh, are there any games that jump out to you Eric um, from 2012 as a favourite there was the two you have two favourites or are you battling between them as to which one I'm battling the between them because they're both similar and different at the same time fuck yeah oh. like they're both games so yeah. That makes them similar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly What's different it. about them? <laughs> is everything. Uh, there, uh, so is Mass Victory and XCOM, Enemy Unknown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can see why you're struggling between the two, because I know that you're a massive... You got really into XCOM. Ah, oh, it's class. It's and like, then you're also a huge Mass Effect fan. I love Mass Effect and XCOM. It's great. It's like... Amazing. Are they neck and neck your favourite? Or is do you think there's one that... Was better than the other. I fucking fuck it, neck neck, neck okay, to neck. So what was it about Mass Victory? Well, Mass Victory was, uh, yeah, it was the finale of the whole thing. It was epically amazing. You know what I mean? You you finally get to Earth, and it's like, oh, it's cool. I'm on Earth. This place I was never able to fucking go to the last two games. Oh, look, <laughs> Reapers come along and fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. savage. And then just the, the music to it. F bombs to Reap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you thought the last two episodes were explicit, <laughs> uh, the opening to Mass Effect Three is incredible. 
I amazing. agree with that. Incredible. Uh, and then you get on that ship. <laughs> and the game, the game is just like the last game. <laughs> but like the Leaving Earth theme music. Yeah, oh, that's that's I was listening to it the other day. It's great. I'm replaying. I'm still replaying Mass Effect 3 because I'm on and off between other games yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible. It's it's definitely my favorite game from 2012. Um, yeah, because but it's epic in scope. It did, and I think we mentioned it last time. It did get some. Hate. Hate. Yeah, for its yeah, ending. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, Do you disagree with the... No, I don't. Criticisms? I actually don't. No. I remember at the time, um, not arguing, discussing, I would have thought, but uh, if I ever... I was in the wrong, supposedly. <laughs> so everyone else was really mad at the ending. So much so that, like, they had to bring out another ending? Yeah, they, they updated the ending to have... Another choice or something? Is that right? Um, no, I think the third choice was always there, although I've never gotten the third choice because that's actually... No, there's a fourth, I think. I think there's four choices now. There's four... There is four choices. Yeah, but yes. I don't... You see, I, I'm... Like I said, I'm replaying it, and I never played that re-edited version, but I think that's in the one I'm playing the now, re, so the, I'll, the re-edited I'll see what it is when I get there. Version... Actually, I don't know what the fuck the re-edited version does. Oh, no, I actually have no idea. No. No. Because also, if you have the Leviathan DLC, that adds extra dialogue onto the end of the game. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But, um, yeah, no, it's interesting just how many people were so um, upset by the ending that the developers felt they needed to do something to, like... Fix some fix but, like, Even in my, my replay, what I've noticed is it's kind of more of a... Um, as big as the game is, and because like, one of the things that bothered me the first time I played it was how small your team is in comparison mm-hmm. to Mass Effect 2 because one of the things I love about Mass Effect 2 was yeah. the large cast of characters so even though and like you're going around and you're recruiting people to have their armies essentially it's a similar setup to Mass Effect 2 but yeah. this time you're recruiting armies instead of recruiting um, yeah, individuals really cool but but every time you're doing it I was like oh cool there's there's Jack join my team and like she's on your war side but you're not she's not actually on your team and you're stuck with the same six people that you like that you had from the start of the game it's really boring yeah. it's like oh who did I pick this time to come out with me uh, these two again you know what just Garrus every time come on Garrus stop you know going through your calibrations yeah <laughs> and then, a mission. yeah it's really not even when you when like if in the first one if you play the first one and Rex survived for you Oh yeah, from the first one, and then he's in the third one. It's like, oh, savage! You know, I can get the whole team from back the first together. one back yeah, together, and back. he doesn't join you. It's no, like, he ah, doesn't. Yeah, it's fucking annoying. Um, so in that, I'm that, really dropping this f bomb. That's you really are. I yeah. are you okay? Yeah, so, you're I know. Bad, no, bad, you're bad, just, we're talking about this. Are you man. sure you like? Is it just the passion for this <laughs> no, game? It's passion, it's man. Like, it's just uh, like, it's me where I bleed. You it up because XCOM Mass Effect Three, you're neck and neck, and you're just like. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Customization. Yeah, calm down, man. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, what I was saying was, I sp- like one of the things that I've uh, come to appreciate is I think Mass Effect Three, as big as it is, it's kind of a very personal Shepard story, and that shows more when um, there's a ch- child that dies at the start of the game. Hmm. Ah, um, so good. During the Leaving Earth team, so it's uh, the game. There's a theme here. For like the games that we like. <laughs> <laughs> there is, yeah, yeah. Everyone's class is children die and that's why children die. In 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till we get to it. Um, but yeah, so this kid, it actually opens up on the kid playing on Earth and playing with a spaceship, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, first of all, because like dreaming of like mm. going up into the stars, right? Um, but then he sees that child get onto a ship and he sees that child die during the re- during the leaving Earth team and it sets the, this is what I'm fighting for. It's not soldiers getting killed. Like every living organism is going to die in this war mm-hmm. if you don't succeed. And But there's these dream sequences that I totally forgot about. Oh, they're class. So At good. different points in the game where a version of the leaving Earth team music keeps playing and Shepard is on his own in this like dark forest that's burning. And he's running around, and he keeps seeing that kid, and it's haunting him, and you re- or her, depending on what your shepherd is. But it made me realize that um, it's really what you're what you're doing is you're capping shepherd's journey, mm-hmm. and that's really what this game is about. And so, the choice at the end, the reason why it didn't bother me, was because uh, throughout the game, 
series. You had all these choices you have to make that will impact that game and the next game and mm-hmm. and it'll impact other people. And when you get to the end, this is like Shepard's final moment and you have one final choice to make to impact the galaxy and it's going to affect everyone. Yeah. And that's why I was like inherently that's the, that is the mass effect. You make a choice and everyone lives with it and that's it's a little bit, bit more it's it, yeah, it's a bit more s- cinematic in terms of its storytelling compared yeah, to the other yeah. two. Um, and that's that is an issue with RPGs in general. When yeah. an RPG tries to become uh, a lot more cinematic in its presentation, you do lose out on choices. We saw that with Skyrim from Oblivion. Yeah. We saw that with Final Fantasy X from Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so when you just start to try and make a game, it, it's not necessarily making it mainstream, but it's just making it uh, more polished in its execution yeah um you do yeah you, you lose out you do on, in, on in terms of yeah your flexibility so it just it depends on like well you know what what are you really into and what is the vast majority of the audience into with that particular game series is it the rpg aspects of it or is it being more of a storytelling third person shooter well one of the things that actually is kind of bothering me about the like I'm really enjoying my uh, playthrough now as well uh, there's stuff that I've forgotten about that I was like Jesus this is great and I always there's like I've gotten to a point where I've loads to do and I want to do it all and I so I'm like right I'll turn it off in a little while I, I want to I got to do a couple more missions um, but one of the things I suppose like in Mass Effect 2 um, one of the things I was most interested about was all the exploring and doing side missions and doing all this kind of stuff right Mass Effect 3, it feels wrong to go off and do side missions. Just because of the urgency? There's an urgency. Yeah. Earth is burning. Palavin is burning. Um, yeah, because I remember The first... galaxy is on fire. Reapers are everywhere. Even when you're flying around your galaxy map, the Reapers, scan, can, the Reapers can find you. I love that. Like, There's a real deep sense, and you keep getting these messages from Admiral Hackett and, yeah. um, and Anderson. Um, that like you know we're doing everything we can but Shepard you like you need to pull in every resource you can because like we're you know everyone who has ever fought the Reapers ever in history has lost and been wiped out so like there's a real sense of like doom and gloom throughout this entire game yeah, that makes it hard to do the side fun stuff I suppose see the first time I ever played it I yeah I felt that and I was like right I gotta rush through this so by rushing through it you can actually really fuck it up, and some people again. I dropped it again. Um, <laughs> uh, so like, there was moments happening where I was like, "Why am I here? Who are these people? Why is that person now dead? What the hell is going on?" If you rush, which is really weird for me, like, because so I was like playing, and I was like, "Okay, I am. What the hell is going on? Like, why is the Citadel being attacked by Cerberus? What the hell is going on?" It's a cool moment, though. It is a very cool moment, and. But then when you play, if you do actually do more of that exploring, it kind of does make it more fulfilling. Now, you have to take into account, it takes the Reapers like 100 years to wipe out all of Civila, all advanced civilization. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have loads of time. Yeah, but Storm. not to save, like, Earth, because that's getting attacked right now. Yeah, that's true. So I was thinking about um, the Batarians' homeworld. That's gone before the game even starts. Yeah, that's true. Which is really cool. I love as well um, that it, you have a chance in Mass Effect 3 to tie up some of the story elements that have been set up in the other previous like Mass Effects. So like the curing of the genophage. Yes. Unreal. So good. Fucking I think I remember love. that. Yeah. It's yeah, you're on with all the Krogans and stuff. And it's like the Is there a giant dune worm? There's a giant dune worm. Yeah. yeah, oh, that, yeah the yeah, treasure yeah. maw. That's a great that's And a great there's vision. a great there's a moment where you have to go in through these like Krogan catacombs and they show like these old like Krogan temples and Krogan statues and stuff. Yeah. And, like there's like a really ancient culture and they have like these murals on the wall of this ancient thresher mod that people would have tried to challenge in the past and there's all these like religious kind of elements to it but it, they try and then lure it to attack a reaper and it wins and it wins because it's, it's awesome it's like nature winning over kind of science it's yeah. it's just fucking cool that's probably out of all the planets you get to go to that's probably the best one to yeah, yeah because with with the Turian homeworld you don't even get to land on the homeworld you land on the moon and then with the Solarians, right, it's like yeah it's a jungle it's kind of pyramid shaped there's nothing really to it like there's nothing and then also same with the Asari when you go to the Asari homeworld it's oh just, yeah yeah 
just looks nice, but it's just been destroyed, and that's kind of it. I, I love it. Actually, the, most of the maps you go to in this one are war zones. Yeah. So the maps are actually like, really cool. Some of the maps in Mass like, and when I say that, like Mass Effect Two is still my favorite one in mm. the, in the series uh, to play because I, I think I just love the tone of it, and there's you can take your time more to explore. Yeah. Um, but I fucking love Mass Effect Three. Like it's really good game, really epic. And uh, I do. I think the maps in Mass Effect Three are better than Mass Effect Two because in Mass Effect Two, a lot of them are, feel like spaceships that have been kind of reloaded or facilities that have been reloaded. Yeah. A lot of like similar looking corridors. Whereas this one, there's like rubble, and I love even in the background, you can always see reapers and the sounds of them, and you can like there's ah uh, yeah huge explosions in the when, background. When you're on the moon of Paladin, Paladin like. You're, yeah, going through you trench, see, you're going through trenches, yeah, 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 and then there's a reapers walking in the distance, yeah, and you just hear their horn. Yeah, just and the husks are everywhere. And I even I love that they um, the, there's new enemy types, which is because husks had been in it before, which was what happens when reapers indoctrinate humans and they transform them into these like zombie things. Yeah. Um, but then they show you what happens when reapers indoctrinate other, other species, species. Yeah. And you get these new enemy types, like the marauders are like, what happens if they take Turians? Uh, or in there, there's like banshees. I think are Asari. Is the it? banshees are Asari. Yeah. yeah, they're messed up. They're great. But it's yeah, it's just like lots of cool new enemy types. <laughs> but they fit in with the story, you know. Like it's yeah, it's as a result of the invasion. Yeah. These are the new enemy types, and this is what's going to happen to all the worlds. It's a really weird thing in it where you know, in Mass Effect Two, if all of your team survive, it's kind of really boring ending. Yes, but, but in Mass it, Effect 3, it pays off. Yeah, it yeah. makes Mass Effect 3 better. Yes. That's true. So Mass Effect 2 as a standalone game works better if you lose teammates on the way um, because it makes the suicide mission stand up to its name, right? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. if you go on this mission, everyone's saying, like, you really need everything or you're going to die and this is not going to go well. But then you come out, like, fine. And you're just like, but this is like every movie I've ever watched where they say, you don't know what you're up against and the hero always wins. Um Whereas in Mass Effect 3, if they did survive, they all have like great payoffs to their arcs and mm. it's it's fantastic. Especially Morden when Morden goes up to cure the Genophage. Oh. Uh, you can you can be Can he live? I've never played a version where he always oh, sacrifices I himself. You know yeah. you know this bit Adam, yeah. 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 That's, that's as far as I got in the game and then and then and so there's there's actually Do you not, do you not finish it? No, I didn't finish that one. Oh, okay. Um, I played most of one. Do you have all, no idea what people talk about when they're too with the ending? <laughs> no, I do. I, yeah, I do. Yeah, I suppose I, people would have like explained in their discussion. Well, was, that was like the the turning point for that studio. Whereas like everyone was just like, yeah, don't trust them. Don't trust them. That's so weird you to know? me. Like to like say I don't trust them now because I disagreed with the way well, the game ended. What have they released since? Well, now, this is where I would not trust them, which is uh, Andromeda, um, which I was really... And Anthem. And Anthem. I haven't played Anthem, so I can't comment on it, but I... Uh, Pretty broken. I was really excited for Mass Effect Andromeda because, yeah. like, oh, a new Mass Effect game. But I think they took it in the wrong direction. I remember me and you, Eric, were talking about it, that they should, if they're going to make it have a new character that's not Shepard, you should get to even choose your race. Like yeah. they should take it a step further yeah but even not just it, like that's the least of its problems oh that's it, that it, gave it it was in development hell basically yeah, for a long yeah. time and yeah. outsourced as well so yeah. it's just not up to the polish that it should have been at no not at all not at all and then it also suffers from what a lot of games are doing now, which is a bigger map must mean better. And it's like, no, not at all. Like, yeah. If you look at the maps of Mass Effect 1 and 2 and 3, the maps aren't that big. And yet the games are fantastic because it's the story that they're telling is great. Yeah, the characters the that they give you are really high, especially yeah. in especially in Mass Effect Three. Especially in Mass Effect like Three, got them fucking. Reapers. They give you. I always, I always love um, if an opening of a game. Like I usually get hooked by the opening of a game, mm -hmm. and if it's a bit slow, that's when I find it hard to actually finish a game. Like the and opening, yeah, I, like I, if it doesn't grasp me straight away, like because most of the games when we were younger. Uh, they jump right into it and they jump right into the action uh, nowadays because there's a lot more attention to detail and there's like a lot more character acting happening they can sometimes have like slower intros yeah. like just as an example and I'm sure we will talk about it eventually but like Red Dead Redemption 2 for example 
like beautiful game yeah but because the opening was so slow and it's so slow to get going i wasn't like jumping on the bandwagon like i was finding yeah. it really hard to actually get really into it whereas mass effect 3 like straight into it the the reapers come they invade earth earth is burning you're straight into a war you gotta leave you gotta and then like and i love all the politics and again like with the thing with the jedi phage like i love that right we need the krogan to win this and the Krogan, who know the, world, the universe is burning, is like, okay, we'll help you, but first you must cure the Jellyphage. And then if people said, you can't cure the Jellyphage because if you do, the Krogan will rebel again. And then, you know, and there's this whole political thing. It's like, if we fix it now, it fixes this problem, but it might create another problem in the future. There's and another, I love the politics. Another brilliant thing about the Jellyphage moment is back to when Morden does more. Can Morden survive? No. Even if you choose a negative option, Morden will not survive because you actually end up shooting him. What? Yeah, and he's crawling towards the computer, and then he dies just before he gets to it, so you don't even clear. That's if you make that deal with the with the with the Salarian. Uh, she's a bitch. She's a massive bitch. She's a massive bitch. The Salarian counselor. Yeah, or the, I think she's the matriarchal leader or something of the Salarians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, but yeah. She tries to like sneakily make you like lie to the Krogan and say, "Yeah, yeah. we cured it." And then if you do that, they won't notice for years. And you have Rex. Rex will later on come back and try kill you. Really? Yeah, because you didn't cure Genophage. Oh my god. Part of me wants to... See, I didn't do that because like, I'm yeah. like, no, screw you, I'm going to cure the Genophage. Like, this is nuts. Like, he literally committed genocide on, like, babies. Yeah. But, um, part of me wants to go back again after this and do all the negative stuff just to see how it plays out. Oh, I, I usually do Paragon because it kind of... Yeah. It kind of makes sense when you're going through it's like we're at war and we're trying to save the earth so it really doesn't make sense to start making enemies like Jordan and go you know what screw you <laughs> which is like the way he speaks <laughs> I don't like your tone <laughs> he, uh, the one thing I would say of the two voice actors uh, Jennifer Hale oh without a doubt is way better does a, is a better voice yeah, actor I hear that a lot that the female shepherd is the the kind of the more enjoyable yeah character players well she's she's just a more um, natural I think in the mm. way she speaks like the male shepherd I suppose they were trying to make it a little bit um, anonymous or I don't know like because you could make them look so many different ways so it has to be a voice that could suit any of those different looks I guess you know um, sure. so it's not any particular you can't put an age on it I guess because you can make the first one where you could play Play as a female? No, you can play as a female since the get go. Yeah, from the beginning. From one? Yeah, from one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, always. Yeah. But that's a good point that you made about it because I think I agree with that and the all three Mass Effects, them being RPGs, the onboarding is like really, really good. There's not that whole trying to figure out, well, you know, what's that button do and uh, you do this to activate that and all this kind of stuff. Like you can just jump straight into the game and get going. Yes. And that is like a, a, a. you know, I don't. I think that's something that people don't really think about when they think of like a good game. But yeah, the onboarding yeah. is so so important. Like I was trying. I agree with Red Dead. Like it's just there's too much to do in that game. Too early. Too early. Yeah, I think yeah. it needs to slowly introduce you to kind of because it is a simulation. It's not really an RPG. That's a simulation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one I was playing recently is called Jump Force. Have you seen that? No. 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 It looked really interesting because it was like uh, it's supposed to be like Dragon Ball Z meets. Oh, that jump! Yeah, jump yeah, force. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's like uh, it's a fighting game. <laughs> well, why didn't you say jump force? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, know. I tried. I tried playing that, but yeah. Oh my god! Just like screen after screen after screen of just reading. Right. It's like press this button to do this. Press this button to do that, and it's like that is just, it's just the. It's a horrible way to show anyone how to play a game, like like teach them to play a game. But yeah. isn't that like, not like fighter games? So shouldn't that be following kind of more or less the same rules as any other fighter game? Yeah, well, sure. Well, it's a little, yeah. Uh, it's it's almost like like it is a fighting game, but it's not a traditional arcade style fighting game. Oh, okay. Um, I think DC Universe Online is another one where it's just like, or any of those MMORPGs. They have, like, really bad onboarding. Uh, I can't get into MMOs, really. Yeah. They're so strange to but me. I, did, like, I think that's something that nearly every game should follow, is that kind of cinematic approach yeah. to just introducing 
yeah. just the really really basic mechanics yeah uh, and then slowly you can add on and set the stakes set yeah. the stakes of the game first and then open it up to the exploration but let the person feel the player feel invested yeah I think because every game that I've ever played that's been like a favourite of mine pretty much does that they yeah and it's a combination of every first. single like piece of talent that's in that studio it's down to the the writing yeah it's down to the the, the development um QA it's you know, the score like everything comes down to just that like and, and generally like they tend to do the first start of the game like last yeah that's true because it's like you, you already know what you're working towards so you just tend to like try and tunnel them towards like everything that they need to be able to do yeah um not always, but I mean, in, in a lot of cases. Although, and weirdly enough, in 2012, there was another great game called Journey, which doesn't show you how to play and does set you where you're supposed to go, and then you yourself just have to kind of... Well, there's not a whole lot to the controls no. in that game. No, no, but, still don't, but it's still you're kind of figuring out, which is really nice, because there's not much... Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, there's the, it, well, it depends, like, I, I was specifically just kind of talking about RPGs. Okay. That in, in what, because RPGs are generally really, really complicated, it's got a lot of systems involved, it's a lot of, again, there's almost simulation involved mm. as well, because yeah. you, you've got one button that can do a, a lot of things yeah. in the game, and... Yeah, depending on the menu or the scenario, yeah. or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like you know how your proximity to it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like just just the horse alone in Red Dead Two, like the amount of things you can activate and engage with just around the horse. Yeah. Is is ridiculous. Loads of stuff. Yeah. It's unnecessary yeah. the amount of stuff you can do. Yeah, yeah. Whereas something like Journey, which is another amazing game of twenty twelve. Yeah. And I think it did win. Definitely won a couple of game of the yeah, year awards. Oh, yeah, awards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, won loads of awards. Got um, a lot of notice. That that's a different. That's more uh, like exploration rather than RPG. Yeah. Um. So like there are other games where it is about trying to figure it out, almost like a puzzle. Something like like Tetris or Mario, right? You don't need to. You don't tell anyone how to play that game. It's it's by it's by playing it that you figure it out. Yeah, uh, because the yeah, exactly. the, yeah, the systems yeah. are so kind of not not simple, but the amount of inputs are, are are reduced. Yeah. So it's it's really kind of up to the imagination of the player then to figure out like well, you know what do they do in this situation? It's kind of like the goose game. It's like the goose game. It's quite like yeah. the goose game. Yeah. Still have no idea what the goose game is. You, you have to play. I've played it there, so <laughs> you're gonna have to play yeah. it. It's a good but, game. But uh, yeah, what? Yeah, what did you guys think of Journey? Journey was amazing. Phenomenal. Brought up. I'm not gonna lie. I cried at the end. It. I. I cried. I haven't gotten to the ending. Okay. Uh, so I don't know what the ending is. But <laughs> manual cry. Uh, it is a gorgeous game. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful. game. Uh, every so often, I, I come back to it because it's really easy to just put on and yeah. and play. But it's got really surprising design elements that I wasn't expecting. Like, cause I, what do you mean uh, in terms of... Like when you leave that sound area and you end up in like oh. this weird... Under, oh, underground kind of? Yeah, the yeah. underground place and there's like these like flying mantis things going around and there's like this element of don't get caught by these creepy machines and stuff. And I was yeah. like, jeez, oh, I wasn't expecting like any of this. It's almost it's like... really interesting. Like Journey, for people who haven't played it, like there's no dialogue in it. There's no... Um, you can actually come across other players as well. Oh, yeah. And you can't actually... You can interact with them in a very limited amount of ways. So it's almost like as if... Imagine in your, your phone you, ha- you have access to maybe three or four emojis yeah and that and you're you're trying to communicate with a stranger using only those emojis and that's kind of it really so in the game you can kind of make a noise or sing at them kind of yes yeah or make kind of like a call and then you can move so you can kind of go up to them make a sound and then move over to another location and make another sound to kind of indicate, hey, if you come over here. So it's like this communication, even though there's a language barrier, yeah, which is really, really clever. You can't like do any hurting or damage to another player on the game. So 
the, the only real advantage of coming across another player is to kind of aid each other, to help each other in it. Which is great. Yeah, because there's all these it's little... so different to the usual multiplayer, everyone against each other kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, because that is like the only, I suppose, piece of interaction you can do in it. It's, it's interesting that if you remove any t- type of method of um, harm, yeah. people will immediately resort to helping. I'll tell you where that game had me, right? And um, I don't know. I, I don't know where it ranks for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> the right start at the start. Like right I said, the minute you wake up, the minute you get right up, yeah, you're sitting on the ground first, right? And then you you push a button, and it, and it doesn't tell you. It doesn't up. say. Yeah, press, no, you just press whatever to start. It's like zooming around, and then eventually yeah. you go, "Should I do something?" Then you push a button, and it just happens. And you go, "Oh, and cool!" It zooms in on a mountain. Stuff. You're like, "I suppose I gotta go there." But the uh, the sand. Ah, it looks good. The minute the sand moved and how gorgeous the sand looks, I was like, oh, you have me. And like, I don't know what it ranks for you guys, but it's it was in my top three games that year, definitely. Um, yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, I personally, like, I preferred Mass Effect 3. Like, it was, that was my favorite game that year, but only because I was already invested in Mass Effect and the stakes were high for me. And I was, you know, yeah. that had an epic scope mm. and scale that I'm into. Uh, but Journey was just so innovative. Yeah, it's it, and it is. It's like um, one of them Pixar shorts. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Where yeah, those they they do they don't use any kind of they just rely on the animation. They don't use any voice at all. Yeah. But it's like if you just made a game out of one of them, that kind of concept, and it is really really short. You can do it in like two hours, I think. Yeah, I yeah, love, I, I cleared it in like one night. Yeah. I love so the design good. as well of the character, like the kind of Middle Eastern. Yeah, and but it's not like. You know, specifically from anywhere. No, yeah. no, no. But there's a there's a vibe there, and it's yeah. not. It's uh, a vibe that I would say is uh, possibly underrepresented in gaming characters. Like t- they tend to be protagonists tend to be Asian or American. Like you know, so sure. Uh, I'm not saying the character was of a particular ethnicity or anything, but there was a cool look there that I thought was yeah. Well, there was a nomadic look, which is what I mean. The character is known as the traveler. So yeah. yeah. To, yeah. I mean, it has that kind of nomad of the desert kind of yeah. vibe to it. And great title for a game. Journey. Journey, yeah. yeah. Journey is a, like... But just the you know, overall... Simple, st- like. The story arc is phenomenal. Yeah. And it goes full circle. Does it? Yeah. See, like I said, I haven't finished it, so I don't so know. So when you, like, when when you finish it, end, it right, yeah. you'll see that it'll be back to when he's sitting under the sand. Oh, right. And so there's like a cyclical uh, nature to it? You can just go again. Oh, nice. Yeah. And contextually, does that make sense? Is there like yeah. a story reason yeah. for that? Yeah. yeah. One thing also I like about it is they do have a story, but you yourself have to figure it out. Because there's no dialogue. Like, well, they just not show that images. Yeah, like I was loving those drawings you see and stuff. Yeah, yeah there's hieroglyphs. But it's, it's more like it. you can put your own... It, it's like a, a... It's a piece of art. Like, it is actually a piece of art. And that's yeah, yeah. the thing where... It's like when people may not take video games seriously, they think it's for children or they think it's like just mindless. They should play Journey. Just shooting and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that game alone proves that video games are, uh, they are a piece of art that just like cinema and theater yeah. and music. And this would be the equivalent of like, uh, is it like shadow theater kind of um Oh yeah, like shut up, book trade stuff. Yeah, or or even or even just music in general. Like you, you know, like you hear lyrics and you can kind of put your own experiences on those lyrics, like yeah. not explicitly saying yeah, what yeah. the song's about. That's what this game is like. You look at those hieroglyphs and you can kind of try and piece it together. But the overall experience of the the the, the arc of the game, yeah, like you can you can interpret that in whatever way you want, really. Mm-hmm. Well, on a side note, one of the only genres of music where you you kind of can't do that which is like put your own experiences on something is is at hip hop because very often the artist will say their own name <laughs> in the they song will, they will tell you they exactly go, how to feel yeah Stormzy here on the mic you know and you're like oh okay well that's not about me then <laughs> I'll have a check then that's Stormzy song with Linkin Park you're like oh nice one yeah well I mean <laughs> like Journey is like one of the, the the better games in that part there's a lot of games that don't do that either yeah 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 and yeah. so when I'm talking about I'm, I was just talking about like good music in general oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not saying all hip hop is bad uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually, on the top of music, the music of Journey is gorgeous. Well, it won a BAFTA. Yeah, it won a BAFTA. I think Grammy. so. 
won, it won it an award. It definitely <laughs> was like, we yeah. are we are not uh, educated on what awards are. Hey, well, it's just there's so last many. Last year, where we have to tell you all the facts about the games and stuff. Yeah, we don't know anything about 2012. Well, it's just that like um, there's that, that's the, the that's the confusing thing with like game. Like you can say for films and 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 music, there's like kind of one overarching award ceremony for them yeah but with games there there really isn't they're trying to do it with the the game awards that's right but it's still not quite like people are still kind of saying like there's ign's game of the year there's fucking like yeah like i, I think Burge it's crazy game that games aren't on this they're still not put on the same level as music and movies like there's so many of them that come out every year and the amount of talent that goes into them and it's just people just don't understand them yeah and it's multiple facets like there's you, you still have your camera work you still have your artist you still have your music you still have your, your acting you still have your writing like you know it's Directing. it's everything that a movie does except it gives you more an, an interactive but even uh, games as, uh, like even without all of that like just games as simple as uh, Tetris you know oh, yeah. um, or even Snake which was like on the mobile phones and stuff mm. like even surely their, everybody's like first game <laughs> that depends on when you were born yeah yeah, yeah. I played <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if remember Bounce on the phone Bounce is great you play a little ball you have to bounce around <laughs> I can't say I don't, I don't remember that <laughs> that was class it was fucking unreal yeah, it was amazing. Uh, here I am like naming like you know like Games legendary legendary <laughs> games like, you're just like Remember Bounce? Remember bounce <laughs> I hope it was to the theme tune of Bounce by System of a Down as well. <laughs> <laughs> just like, it was not, no. Was it a phone game? Yeah, it was a phone game. Yeah, it was a durable in the bounce. Ah, anyway, nice. the point I was trying to make. <laughs> was no, just, the fuck up. I want to hear about this even, bounce game. Even without like a script, acting, uh, cinematics, just general controlling something and yeah. just moving it, it really does like release something. Oh yeah, I think Where so. It's just—it's almost the equivalent of like just endorphins. Do, I think. Yeah, uh, that, that's the word. That's the word. Is it? Uh, yeah, it makes you happy. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> Where it's just like a, like just doodling on a on a piece of paper. Yeah. You know, and um, there's all there is like a creative expression to it. Oh, okay. and that's what Journey does to some degree. It's like it's it's like that. It is like the the Tetris or the snake. It's like. Very simple interaction. Yeah, that is just backed up by the music, the visuals, um, and yeah, the the script as well. I know there's not there's no like talking in there or anything like that, but there's still a script. It still follows. There's a, still a, a story there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, even if you don't know like what the exact story would be, it's alluding to things, and it's like you, you can say what it's not. If you know what I mean, like there's definitely stuff. It's not like, Call of Duty. There's stuff it's you can Call yeah, like there's stuff you can rule out. You know, like if you well, I think it's a story about, uh, I, I don't know, a, a, a father looking for his dog or something like that. You know, like it's, it's not that, like, but I'm not going to tell you exactly. Oh yeah, see, I haven't seen the ending. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> looking for a dog. If you like um, dogs, journey. Great. Um, I do. I do like. Do you like? Journey? It's just that other stuff came out like too. Journey? I, that I love. Journey. Uh, it was really good. That game company, which is it the the actual name of the company who made it? Who did it? That game company. Yeah, what were they called? That game company. Which one? That one. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was actually. But they have a um, game company. They have a, a um a game that's very similar to it on iOS. I'm not sure if it's on Android yet. It could be. I'm not sure. It's definitely on iOS. Called Sky or Children of Sky. Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim, the children of Sky, but it's free. Um, it has the same. I think I saw the surprise. Does it? It has more of a blue vibe to it, is it? What do you mean a blue vibe? Like a blue color palette? Because it's called Sky. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, the, like it's. Well, really Journey has a very like red orangey yeah, like, kind like, of tone yeah. to it. Or I think it's, maybe I think it's something else. Let me see what the full, full title is. Um, it's Ch- Sky Children of the Light. It's definitely coming to Android. I don't know if it's. Uh, yeah. long game titles yeah sometimes I hate but them it, but that it's one, a good way of finding that game stuff. plays very like Journey it's the same kind of you don't have as much interactions but it's fully online so there's a lot more players yeah. on it uh, and as you go through it you unlock like what we the, you know emotes like things from yes, things yeah. like Fortnite and Destiny that kind of thing um, so uh, the more you play it 
the more emotes you unlock so that you can better communicate with other players so it's like as if you know the emotes actually the have more like you a, experience they actually have a purpose this time what, what the emotes always have a purpose nah, which is back really. to what i was saying it's like how do you communicate with a lack of interaction <laughs> not you have not really with fortnite and destiny when you can just have a microphone but with games you can have them. I mean, sure 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 okay yeah what about the kids who don't you know what i mean like well then they try to yeah no nah, like, no encourage point. interaction between people like there's no point in those games i suppose useless like there's no point in playing fortnite Unless you're going to interact with people, because that is literally the sole purpose of that game is to play with other people. Like well, if you want to pawn the noobs, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> pawn the noobs, bro. Optimus. Yeah. Anyway, so that game was free. If you want, it's, it's very similar to All right. to Journey. Cool. Uh, I suppose what's nice now is same developers can, as well, yeah. Same developer. That game company. Because there was another, uh, the, the there was another member of that team that split off and did a game called Abzu. Oh, I, I Which you saw can that get before, on. Yeah. I think it's on pretty much everything. Uh, that is not great. No? No. Like, it looks like it's going to be, like, the same thing. And it's almost the same story arc, nearly, with the hieroglyphs oh, and yeah. stuff. It's just that now it's based underwater. But, yeah, that one's, that one's not great. Maybe but that's, that's a different the one company. I was thinking about with the blue color palette, actually. That's a different company. So Sky Possibly. is actually made by the same okay. that game company. <laughs> It's actually made by that game company. Yeah. What game company? That game company. Uh, so, where does Journey rank for you guys? I would probably, I probably would say, best game of twenty twelve, purely because I think out of everything that we're going to talk about, because we're probably going to mention a few more as well, mm-hmm. that I think it's more impactful. But actually, I was, I was just gonna cut this podcast right now. Okay. I don't want to talk. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> but. I, yeah, I, I would call it the best just because it is it is really impactful. It shows what you can do yeah. with almost like a, a. I don't. I wouldn't say they were limited, but they're not trying to throw every single tool at this game. Yeah. Um. It's a very short experience. It's not that expensive. Uh. But yeah, it's like it's a, it's really really effective. Yeah. No, it is. But I don't know if you can call the game fun. I think it's fun. I thought it was fun. Especially those sliding sequences. Yeah, those elements can be enjoyable. I think it's, yeah, it's got fun bits. I suppose, yeah, like, it's undeniably brilliant. Yeah. But I could see why it's not going to suit every gamer. Like, like what I, I mean is... People could turn it on and go, this is boring. Yeah, they, and they could go... I, I'm not that yeah, interested in yeah. turn it off but it, it's, it's kind of giving it a chance yes because really. so fun can mean different things to different people yeah, but what yeah. I meant by that is, is like um, like if you go to see a film like um, like The Joker for example right yeah that film's not necessarily fun no it's, it's not, not a fun, fun time movie. but it's an amazing it's movie it's an amazing yeah, film yeah, yeah. it gets you thinking yeah uh, and I, I, I would put Journey in, in that kind of context yeah Journey is not like an MCU movie yeah. No. no. Yeah. It's it's a nice slow smooth ride, but uh, yeah, it's beautiful. So if Journey was your game of twenty twelve, um, Mass Effect three was mine. Eric, have you finally made a decision? Is Mass Effect three your game of twenty twelve, or is it XCOM? Um, Give us your pros and cons, baby. Of XCOM, just very. There's no cards. No <laughs> X-Cod. <laughs> uh, is this the first X-Cod game? No. Yes and no. Okay, explain. So, Firaxis came along and I think they bought up the idea of XCOM. And they kind of okay. rebooted it. Is, that, is, is it called XCOM Enemy Unknown or something like that? Enemy Unknown, yeah, it was the first one. And they, did a, they did an expansion called Enemy Within. Did you ever get to find out who the enemy is? Yeah. So... It becomes enemy known. No, yeah. man, no, it's enemy unknown, <laughs> and then it expands. If I know it is, it's the enemy within that. Enemy Do not listen to what he said. <laughs> enemy within is actually the idea of humans side with aliens, and they decide to take down XCOM from within. All right, That's XCOM enemy. is the organization you're playing as. Yes, yeah, so you play as the so commander. They're the bad guys. No, the aliens are the bad guys. Okay. 
Well, you keep up. I'm sorry. I'm just going to stick with Enemy Unknown, okay. and we're not going to talk about Enemy Within because I haven't played enough of it to talk about it. That's and fair. I don't want to confuse you. Hey, yeah, okay. it's a different right. year. Yeah, and it's also a different year. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah right, okay. okay. So I'll just be. I'll talk very briefly about it. Yeah. All right. So you play as the commander. Yeah. But in the same way as like Red Alert or something. So you're just the camera. So people are, to the characters are actually yes. just talking to you. Yeah. So you yourself are kind of the the protagonist. You are the protagonist of it. Okay. okay. You lead a, lead a roster of soldiers that you yourself can customize. Okay. Down to their very appearances uh, and their nationality, their voice, name them, give them a nickname, and then watch them all get mastered, massacred by aliens. That's, That's class. <laughs> no, but actually, I, I could see why anybody was interested in customizing a character because normally in any RPG you only get to customize. I actually them. think the game looks class. Yeah, I mean, you normally only get to customize one character, whereas in this case, you you design your own specific team. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose there's an element of like that Mass Effect Two thing, but except this time, you're creating the team rather than just. But it's not just the story, like the gameplay. You're you really think gameplay is really simple to play. Yeah. So you know, like with Journey, you can just jump straight into it because the gameplay is so simple. Mm-hmm. XCOM is the same. You can jump into it and you kind of just you pick up the controller and you're like, oh yeah, I know what the rules, I know what the controls are, yeah. because each button just kind of essentially. But it is a turn-based to. strategy. It's a turn-based strategy, yeah. uh, top-down game. Um, game. So you control a team of either four or six people, and you do a series of missions and. You also develop new equipment or you research new things as well, which takes time. And so you might like scan your earth to see, you know, just to make time go by, see if there's any missions pop up. And like, it's really addictive. So like you do a mission and you're like, oh, I'm one day away from researching plasma weapons. Oh, I'll just scan again. Then another mission comes up. Oh, I got to go do that mission. And then you're like, oh, I got that. So I'll develop that. Yeah, I love that type of gameplay loop because it really does make games that are... It's very similar to other games or that yeah. there's not that like in the actual gameplay itself it mightn't be anything that hooks you in but that type of progression where you're just like oh if I just do that one thing I'll, I'll get this um, I, I really really love when games have that type of balance to it yeah 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 because there is like I mean there's games that we're going to mention in, in next few episodes that are, are very similar in that way mm. where it's like the actual gameplay is nothing that special but the progression is so well done. Yes, really, and it's yeah, done yeah. perfectly for like I mean, purposely for that reason as well, yeah. which is just to kind of hook you in. Um, so cons, I suppose, would be it depends on what you're into. Because if you're into not getting your ass kicked, then you know maybe not. Am, am I right in saying uh, you can lose? Yeah. That you can lose, uh, but that could be the story. That, that could like, be the story. The game can end that you've lost. Yeah. Because that's uh, where the second one picks up. We'll talk about that in another episode. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's canon. That's, that is now canon because most people who played it lost first time. That's how hard it is. And then they just, they went with that. Yep. That's, it's, it's kind of similar then, I suppose. Uh, or It's got a similar vibe. Definitely, like, gameplay-wise, it's nothing like it, but it's got a similar vibe to the Mass Effect. Yeah, series. you can see why I'm putting that, because they're both sci-fi and both have customization. Yeah, yeah, and it's both about, RPGs. like, human alliance kind of fighting against aliens. And Yeah. Would you call it an RPG, though? Well, I suppose uh, it's probably, a turn-based RPG. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. just customizable. I mean, if RPG is role-playing, like... Are, I mean, you are you yourself are the are the, main the role character of the commander of the game. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would call it RPG. It's a turn-based RPG. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, or, turn, or, turn or, based, or RTS. Turn-based strategy game. Yeah, it's a turn-based. Yeah, turn-based strategy game. Turn-based we'll, strategy. We'll, we'll settle with that one. Because yeah. it's it's very similar to <laughs> Fallout All Tactics. Favor? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's similar to Fallout Tactics. Um, so Fallout. Fallout Tactics being the. Technically, the third Fallout game, third or fourth Fallout game. So you had yeah. Fallout One, Fallout Two. Absolutely, they were RPGs. They were yeah. turn-based RPGs. Yeah. Um, but that's an RPG. But then when you get to Fallout Tactics, it's a little more similar to what you're talking about, which is kind of like a team of people, and you're you're like that one is more turn-based strategy. Yeah. 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 Um. Yeah. No, fantastic. You also have magic in it, kind of. Oh, how does that work in it? Yeah, but it's called psionics. So what you do is that when you progress... Kind of like the biotics? Kind of like the biotics from, from Mass Effect. So yeah. if you progress into the game far enough, you take down a particular alien ship where you find essentially one of the 
main the main antagonist of the game kill that take a device study that device and then you unlock psionics for your soldiers which allows them to mind control stun enemies and do all sorts of stuff so, no, so there's a lot of like options lots of options lots of customization and con- literally all the things you said you like as a gamer all, yeah <laughs> that's why I love XCOM it's just that's on you can get that on current consoles can you PS4 I, Xbox One I don't know I thought, you, you, okay. on PlayStation now you can play Enemy Within alright that's right and you I've can get Enemy Within on your phone as well oh yeah I don't know if it's on iOS it's definitely on Android for cool. like, I, don't, I think it's either a fiver or a tenner something like that wow. it costs money that's really cheap <laughs> yeah I, I, it's interesting when you go like oh yeah it's on, the, it's on the PlayStation for 20 quid cool it's on phone for a fiver ooh it's expensive <laughs> <laughs> Like, people just really just don't want to pay uh, for shit. Oh, it is. Yeah, I don't think like that at all. It's on iOS as well? Yeah, so it's 5.50. And with any, I do know That's with Enemy good. Within, you are also able to genetically and mechanically um, upgrade your soldiers. So you get a new um, resource called Meld. And with Meld, you can genetically enhance people's like physical traits or psychological traits. Or you can turn them into cyborgs with giant mech suits. Cool. Yeah, and then there's also a giant roster of alien enemies which will constantly adapt to you and will try to kick your ass. And it's very hard. So if, mm. I had to, if, I had to, if I had to push you for an answer of which one you prefer, XCOM uh, or prob- probably, probably XCOM, because when I... Wait! He did it! He <laughs> did it! Yeah. It was just a really nice surprise. It was very addictive. It was a very annoying as well. Yeah, I suppose with XCOM as well, like like very with annoying. Mass Effect Three, you kind of knew what you were in for. Yeah, you were like, I already like this because I've played it, like I've played the first two, so I kind of know what I'm in for. Um, whereas XCOM, yeah, like you said, like it was a whole new surprise. Like you hadn't played one before, and it's also it it tells you the stakes right from the beginning. And did you only you only got you only tried it out because it was a PS Plus game? It was a play, PlayStation. How are we game. doing on time? Are uh, we doing on time? Yeah, we doing good. Um, we're doing okay. Cool, cool, cool. Because I just want to say, because like that, I think that's a, an interesting thing with that year in particular. Yes, yeah, yeah. Was that like it was just a like games that came out on PlayStation Plus? PlayStation Plus. Well, they didn't necessarily come out on that year on PS Plus, but they're yeah, games yeah, of that think... year on PS Plus. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so Spec Ops: The Line as well was another one that that was fantastic like, one came out that year. That was really that, good, and it was just like right under radar. No one really talked about it, touched it, or anything like that. But what a phenomenal game! Yeah, mm. yeah, and many. Uh, that's another one of those really plot-driven games where like it's it's a game that you, like because it looks like a generic shooter. Like, it played like a generic shooter as well, but. Trudy surprises at you where you're like holy shit this is way more in depth than it looks like because even like the cover art to itself it just looked like another I know it wasn't first person but it looked like something along the lines of like Call of Duty or um, like Battlefield one of those games more yeah. like a really cheap SOCOM yeah yeah they, and you're just like this and then it turns out with, with, with as well like a more generic um, like don't get me wrong Nolan North is an amazing voice actor but you'd kind of heard that version of his voice on a lot of characters that people were asking for. Like, even when he did the Prince of Persia game, he oh, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. tried a different voice and they told they him not to it. do it. They said, just do your normal voice. And he went, but my character is from Persia, right? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, but we want everyone to recognize you. Like, yeah, we're using but- you as a salesperson. Yeah. So when you heard his voice, dude, they, you're the best thing about this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the visuals aren't were good, but like, so for Spec, <laughs> I thought so. No, no worries. Yeah, it's like oh, I remember the game, like. but so for I Spec mean, Ops, the line, um, it was it was kind of like, oh, this is just kind of like it felt same old, same old. Yeah. And then it was like, holy shit! Like it was doing stuff that you just weren't expecting at all. Yeah, it so hits really you. Off guard. It hits you with the horror of warfare. Yeah. Because there's that one bit when you you have like all your enemies in front of you, and you're like, oh crap! And you got the mortar with the phosphorus, and you launch the phosphorus up in the air, and you burn the crap out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that not- slight hesitation there was Eric knocking the mic. Yeah, and then going whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay though I think the mic is fine you got too much into the horrors of war oh yeah man you got too much into the horrors so you of just war. like you burn all your enemies and you're like oh my god look it's like, and then you're kind of like okay grand that was a cool moment and you're walking through and it's just <laughs> horrifying to see them all covered in ash and their skin just melted it, it is horrible. horrible and I didn't mean to laugh but I just 
you come off as like a horrible person in every episode. Like you can punch a woman and you get to burn your enemies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't pay you well, son. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, I think like that. Like the writing was just phenomenal for that game, and mm. I think without the writing, that would be just a generic shooter. Mm. Yeah. Because visually, not great. Gameplay, not great. Yeah, like I said, like I, I, again, I'm not bashing all the North at all, but like at that point, it sounded like very generic voice acting. Yeah. I thought, like, it didn't sound like anything new or special. Yeah. But I remember just jumping in because, like, Eric, you're, you were you were the first yeah, yeah, you were the one checking it out. Same with XCOM. And the, like, I'm, I'm the tester. That's you're just kind of like, it's just like you're not. willing to play anything. Really. Yeah, the other thing is like, I'm trying to be a little bit more like that, but, uh, I, yeah, I'm definitely the most critical when it comes to games. Yes. I actually don't know if you would enjoy XCOM. Not gonna lie. I, 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 I think I could, I, but I think I, uh, t- timing is always very difficult for me, but like I, a game has to really hook me before I finish it. Whereas Eric very funnily, like, even if he hates it, we'll finish it. Even if he absolutely despises the I game, that, like, he will play it the whole way to the end and then yeah. go, yep, yeah, it was shit. <laughs> but that is, but he gives it a chance. Yeah, he plays at least the that's the only through. way you can know if the game was... Basically, of the three of us, Eric's the only one you can trust. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is Journey good? Yeah, it's unreal. I like, cried at the end. Chris, was Journey good? Uh, I didn't finish it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So there's, um, yeah, there's also a great quote at the start of XCOM as well by... Do you remember? I do. It's by it? Arthur C. Clarke. He says, there's two possibilities in the universe. Either we're alone or we're not. Both are equally terrifying. Whoa. <laughs> and take that home with you, folks. Uh, we're going to have to end it there. No? That's a, that's <laughs> a no, good we have to quote. That's a, now. that's a great quote. I know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think Spec Ops Line, the thing that it did was it was, it was the writing more than anything else, probably. Fantastic yeah. twist. And really good twists. Yeah. yeah. If you're into, like... Uh, and choices at the end as well. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, cho- you it actually has, like, three, three I think so. Three or four endings, yeah. Yeah. We're really into our multiple endings, aren't we? Well, yeah. Well, it just so happens to be that way. I, I, like, well, what's nice about Spec Ops is, like, when you go into Mass Effect, you, you know it's coming. You're expecting it. It's an RPG. Yeah. You, you know there's going to be choices to make. Like, because... Isn't that phosphorus thing? It's a choice to do. You don't have to do it. Do you? No, I think you have to do that one. Well, they play it out as those choice, and there's other bits throughout the game where they kind of make it. Like there's one guy telling you you should do it, and there's another guy telling you no, this is crazy. You shouldn't do it, right? Yeah, it's like an angel and a devil on your shoulder, nearly. Yeah, and they kind of. I think they tend to like switch, as well. So neither of them is like, oh well, he's just. Crazy, <laughs> you know. He's fucking nuts. <laughs> it's just that they're both assessing the situation and trying to think what's the better way to follow. Yeah. But like, you at the end of the day, you have to make the decision because you're the commander. They're but also actually they're pretty kind of cool characters. They are, yeah. yeah. So it's nice that like, although it's uh, story driven, like single player narrative. Yeah. Um, it gives you the illusion of choice. But yeah. Then at the very end, then you do actually have to make a choice. Yeah. Yeah, Although yeah. it's not like extreme choices, it's, it's like very minor differences between the ending. But there's nothing extreme in the game at all. <laughs> uh, uh, I suppose that it's uh, very opposite to Journey. It's not at all like a child-friendly game. It's not a at really all. Really graphic, really mature game. Uh, Multiplayer is funny, but I do like that it doesn't. Uh, there's a lot of shooter games that kind of uh, make it fun and kind of. Uh, not that they're glorifying violence, no, but no, they no, do try to make it. This game really like takes its, its time down. to point like, out that like this is horrible. Yeah, I mean a lot of kids can like I I think although the content you may disagree with, but I think a lot of kids can play Call of Duty and it's fine. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that it, there's yeah. a complete disconnect. Um, it's just running around and it's fine. It's yeah. like it's almost like going out into the garden and playing cowboys and Indians kind of a thing. With your, with your toy guns, yeah, yeah. but. The thing with Spec Ops, although the gameplay may be similar to that type of you cover know, shooter, shooter style, kind of yeah, thing, we've seen it. The content is just—it is way too mature. It's not that it's graphic; it's just that it's psychological. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very the, much so. Even P- the PTSD, the depression, all that kind of stuff. Kids just wouldn't really get it. So no, they like wouldn't have that appreciation like, for it. The premise of it is that you're gone into Dubai, which has been hit with a terrible sandstorm. And all the civilians have kind of banded together and are like ripping each other apart. 
more or less. And then they're also battling these other American soldiers which have let power get to their head and they're just like being absolute arseholes. Yeah, like it's an unusual game circumstance. Like it's not the typical like some dictator has risen up or anything yeah, like it's that. Like like it's, it's no, a, no one in the game is good. There's no good guy in the game. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's a great game. I wish it was just called The Line. Yeah, it's I, weird I, that... Uh, again, it, I, 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 messy game titles kind of bother me. And they uh, could, like... So, how I determine whether like, a game is one of the titles is good. But I do think it's, it's a pity that, like, I think that that's one that is never really on anyone's radar. It's not really mentioned. It has the potential to become something else. Not maybe not the same characters, but the yeah. same type of type of game. Yeah. Um, deserves more attention. It definitely deserves a lot more attention. Because yeah, as you're saying, like it's it, there's no bad guys in the game. It's just it's almost like in in Vietnam, where it yeah. was like when you put people that are mentally fragile yeah. in a really horrible situation, they can end up doing horrible things. And it's like, well, whose fault is it really? It's kind of really hard to point the finger. That is a quote by Adam McGuire that needs to be at the start of another game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking epic. Uh, okay, so. Our, Cause I'm into <laughs> our top games for 2012 that just in summary were Mass Effect 3, uh, Journey, and XCOM. I don't think those are that surprising uh, for that year, actually. Uh, but then a special mention is out of Spec Ops Delight, which yeah. deserves a bit more praise. I think it should yeah. be played more. And before we finish up, is there any other games from that year? that we feel deserve a mention or deserve a, a some sort of recognition are you asking us or the audience you guys <laughs> oh right well, well I have to uh, if the audience are, yeah we should actually uh, let's turn to our audience uh, this is never live <laughs> yeah with bird sounds just like much <laughs> like a Jerry Springer set up here uh, no yeah these are never live and actually uh, I suppose it's more people know, like work their well knowing that the episodes get recorded in, in kind of bulk and then distributed out uh, over weeks. So sometimes I suppose we could be recording something and talking about something that's maybe current. Like we might say what's online at the moment, and then by the time it goes up, it's not. So we should probably <laughs> we should probably stop doing that. <laughs> but just so people know. So yeah, no, I'm not asking the audience. I'm asking you guys. Is there right. any games that from 2012? That we haven't mentioned that maybe we should before we before we close. Well, up I haven't on this mentioned year. XCOM. <laughs> <laughs> and there's an awesome quote at the start. Uh, um, is there anything? Not well, for me. Uh, I think you have one, don't you? <laughs> we haven't got enough time if I mention this one. <laughs> I'll put it out there quickly. I enjoyed The Walking Dead season one by Telltale. Uh, uh, not this. It doesn't start great, but after a little while, I enjoy. I really like Lee as a protagonist. Yeah, and I very enjoyed, good protagonist. Uh, his relationship with Clementine. Clementine's voice acting is really fucking annoying because uh, you can tell it's a fully grown woman yeah. trying to do a girl's voice, and it's not convincing. It's but I liked Lee as a character, and I liked his relationship with her, um, and I liked the art style. Um, it's by no means. Uh, like one of the best choice based games out there I think but it is one of Telltale's better games I I will say that and it got me interested in uh, a couple of those games uh, and it was it was liked by a lot of people uh, yeah I know like, so it's, I enjoyed it's, it. it's well loved it uh, well loved but it did the thing I really disliked yeah, about it man yeah like it doesn't matter how good of a hardware you have that game is broken. Oh, what the fuck, yeah. Like, they've... So clunky. It, like, why does it... It's literally just a couple of animated scenes. Why does it keep freezing and, like, chopping yeah. and, and stuff? Like, is it, like... And I do think that's why that company really went out of business, is that they just weren't willing to fix their bloody game. Yeah. <laughs> and I, look, I don't want to be rude to, like, other people's work. Um, but there's a stark difference. Like, The Walking Dead's whoever the fuck scores Telltale's games <laughs> uh, if, if you're listening fucking do a music course or something <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell that's, I just that's you know, the, the music is always <laughs> it's just like all these little like clicks and shit and even if you play like the Batman one it's the same thing it's really fucking bad 
Um, Compared to like Heavy um, Rain's kind of soundtrack. Yeah. So look, I don't look. I'm only joking. I'm, I'm being a bit rude, but yeah, I, it's one of the things that jars at me on the Telltale games is I always think the music is really off-putting and doesn't at all fit the scene that's happening. Yeah, uh, it's like they're definitely happening in different studios. Uh, versus Mass Effect Three has one of my favorite music scores. Oh, I did mention so earlier. Yeah. It's actually one of the only music scores I've bought and like from a video game. And have actually listened to his music on its own. Like the, the score throughout is the, the, mu- yeah, the music to those games get better and better. Because if you listen so, to yeah, it, Mass Effect it, One, it's very much this kind of the same thing over yeah. and over again. Whereas Mass Effect Three is the best score of the yeah. trilogy, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's, I said I get the one that I mentioned. I enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. And one of the things um, that it does, like the relationship between Clementine and Lee, I liked a lot. And I'm not saying paved the way for anything at all because <laughs> something, was, something was already happening but um, let's just say more games like that in the future where a relationship between an older person and a younger person uh, have become very very popular sure okay um, but I do think that the next one that we will talk about uh, might be slightly like paved that paved it more <laughs> Sure. And had a huge impact sure. on the gaming industry. Uh, but yeah, okay, so that concludes our favourite games oh, from 2012. 2012. Yeah. Mass Effect 3, Journey, and XCOM, Enemy Within. Enemy Unknown. I haven't played much of Enemy Within, but right. at some point I will. Um, so if you've played those games... Uh, well done. Yeah, and, and, and let us know what you thought of them. And if there was, uh, if, if you disagree with it, maybe you think the Telltale games have awesome scores. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if there's any games we haven't mentioned, um, I feel like we covered a lot of the big ones from that year. But maybe there's something that uh, missed, is very obvious. That something that we've, but, yeah, probably. But it's just not like I mean, it may not be in our radar. Like it's not something that we're interested in. But yeah, yeah. Like uh, look, compared to 2011. Um, it was a weaker year for games for me personally mm-hmm. but the ones that I liked I liked a lot Yeah, so that's, that's the way I look at it uh, so join us on our next episode where we'll be talking about games from 2013 uh, oh god which uh, much like 2011 I would think was a very big oh, year oh yeah for games. it was some, some, some good shit yeah. oh yeah I, oh, <laughs> you just yeah. looked at the listener yeah I looked at the listener like oh yeah uh, so that concludes <laughs> this episode we'll uh, talk to you on the next episode and catch up then. Bye. Bye. See ya.